0: We actually ended up closing on the land before we were approved for our concept, just because the seller started getting backup offers and was like, I'm not giving you a longer due diligence, I'm gonna pull this and sell it to someone else. So we decided to roll the dice a little bit.
1: Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs, boutique hotels, and hospitality brands, and the hosts, operators, and entrepreneurs who have brought them to life. Every Tuesday and Friday, you'll meet the military veterans, the retired flight attendants, tech entrepreneurs, the school teachers, the single moms, and the real estate investors who are all, in their own unique ways, shaping the future of travel and hospitality. Discover how these visionaries, from all over the world, have built chic cabins in the mountains, designed bohemian bungalows on the beach, erected eclectic off-grid and nature-immersed escapes, and so much more. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, the internet's best destination for last-minute Airbnb deals. You can subscribe for free at sponsaneous.com. And I'm your host, Zach Cruz, co-founder and CEO of Sponsaneous. Alright friends, enjoy the show. If you're like most Airbnb hosts, you likely started hosting as a side hustle. Perhaps your initial goal was just to cover the mortgage on your vacation home, or make a few extra bucks for the kid's college savings, or maybe it was even your very first real estate investment. But if you're listening to this podcast, chances are your Airbnb side hustle is becoming a real business. Now it feels like a full-time job and you might even be sleeping less than your guests. If this sounds more or less like your story, then you'll be ecstatic to meet today's sponsor, Host Labs. Think of Host Labs as the Robin to your Batman or the Yin to your Yang. Host Labs partners with short-term rental owners and operators like you, so you can get away from the daily hosting chores and spend your time planning the next chapter of your business. Host Labs partners with you to set up seamless operations for your short-term rental business, so you can focus on working on your business and not just in it. They do this by walking alongside you as you set strategic growth goals, determine how best to build your technology stack, and their in-house recruiting agency is the perfect resource for when you're ready to start scaling your team. Host Labs doesn't just tell you or show you what to do. They ensure that the job actually gets done, whether that be reducing your monthly burn or finding a new cleaning team. So if you're ready to keep growing your portfolio, Host Labs is here to help you turn your dream of owning a really cool hospitality business into a reality. You can get started with a free consultation to see if Host Labs might be the right map for your business at hostlabs.co, that's .co as in C-O forward slash BTS as in Behind the Stays. And if you decide to work with them, you'll qualify for an exclusive discount when you reference Behind the Stays during your chat with one of their team members. Again, that's hostlabs.co, C-O forward slash BTS. All right, guys, back to the show. In just a moment, you meet David and Andy Heyman, the two brothers who brought one of the newest and most unique glamping sites in the Blue Ridge Mountains to life, which they call Glamp Blue Ridge. David has a background in finance and Andy is a graphic designer by trade. The guys had long dreamed of being able to work on a business venture of some kind together, but the timing and the idea never seemed right. That is, of course, until the idea of building a collection of unique Airbnbs on an actual waterfall in Cherry Log, Georgia began to percolate. David is the idea guy, and Andy is the creative one who brings these ideas to life. The brothers purchased dozens of acres of land that will eventually be home to a number of unique units like tree houses, A-frames, and maybe even airplanes. But the first iteration of Glamp Blue Ridge is a collection of seven massive domes that all have their own brand, their own character, and their own unique finishes. In this conversation, we discuss lessons learned trying to build unique Airbnbs on top of a waterfall, how they generated over 100,000 followers on Instagram in their first few months of going live, why they're bullish on direct bookings, why their occupancy rate is over 90% even as travel slows down a bit and so much more. All right friends, without further ado, get ready to meet David and Andy. All right, David Andy, welcome to the show. How you both doing today? Doing good. It's good to be here. Doing great. Loving the life good that's that's what i'd like to hear um you guys were just telling me before we hit record that you haven't done many podcasts or or interviews sharing the story behind the really cool hospitality experience that you guys have created so i feel i'm just like honored that we're like breaking the story on behind the stays like that's a big deal you're the
0: first yeah you, you sent us an email and i was like hey andy we got a podcast request should we do this and he's like yeah we should probably do that let's let's <laughs> let's let's get better at this let's let's learn
1: i think uh i think that the instagram algorithm just like knows me so freaking well at this point where it's just it's always serving me up like crazy you know uh unique stays near you uh sort of sort of reels and i think i i saw a reel of of um Cam- of, of glamp blue ridge sorry you messed up your name there right there but um, I saw a reel of you guys and what you were building, and I was like, "How do I? How have I like never heard of this?" And I'm I live right outside of D.C. actually, so I'm not even like that far. Um, you know, we've got the uh, you know Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia, um, and, and I hear it's a lot cooler in in Georgia. But I was shocked that I hadn't heard of you guys, and clicked over to your profile. You guys have close to like a hundred thousand followers, and I was like, "Wow!" Like I really want to hear the story behind how these folks have developed this incredible space. So. I I, I want to start at the at just the beginning here. Like where where does the story begin? I don't know, David, do you wanna you wanna kick it off and then Andy, yeah. you, you fill in?
0: Yeah, I mean it's I think we could probably do like the three minute or the 30-minute version, but I'll try to kind of like end somewhere in the middle. Um I think it all sorts so so I live in like this old mid-century modern neighborhood in Atlanta, you know, a bunch of cool homes and uh, somewhere during COVID, my wife and I decided that we wanted to build a, a mountain house up in the in the North Georgia uh, near Blue Ridge. Um, so we started building. We started looking for lots. Um, we wanted to build a modern mountain house. We ended up buying a double lot. Okay. And me being the guy that just says more, 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 um, <laughs> I'm like, hey, we have this cool double lot. You know, I live in this old, min- old mid-century, modern neighborhood, mid-century modern neighborhood, and I really, really liked A-frames. I'm like, what if we did like this cool modern mountain house and then like a smaller A-frame style tree house on the second lot? Yeah. I'm like, oh man, that would be killer. So, as a tester, Andy and I actually built an A-frame in my backyard and converted it like into a playhouse/slash swing set for my daughter. So, like the whole side opens up to it. It's got a barn door, it's got a pole coming out with swings and stuff. But we kind of felt that hey, like, let's build one first, see if we like it, yada, yada, yada. So that went well. And we started, we did the modern house, and then we did an uh, A-frame style treehouse as well, which we use as short-term rentals. And I guess kind of as that was going. Andy and I just kept kind of talking about how great the Blue Ridge area is. Hmm. It's, it's pretty much a year round tourist destination. And so the original thought was let's do a treehouse village. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. kind of where we started. Okay. Um, so Andy and I would, you know, pretty typical, you get on Zillow, you find lots of land and you go up there and you start kicking the tires. Hmm. Um, and I think we kind of decided that we were really going to look to be on water. Okay. Um, there's a lot of great views up there, but the Toccoa river runs through it. It's a stunning area. And so we're like just tromping around land one day. And like, I think at one point, Andy, we were, we found this, like, we called it the magical fairy forest, which is not where we are now, but we're like, this would be great. And after a while we figured out we weren't even on property that was for sale. We're just walking around private property for a while. Like, you know, like imagining how all this would work and planning out our future treehouse house village. Um, but I, I don't, Andy, did we go be one or two trips until you came up with the, I want to be on a
2: waterfall. My joke slash mildly serious comment that came to reality, yeah, we were on our second or maybe even third like we looked at we looked at a bunch of properties, maybe seven properties before I was like, let's just find a waterfall. Just kind of joking, didn't know that you could buy land next to a waterfall. just thought you know that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, I think I think my res- I think
0: my response was, of course, Andy, of course you want a waterfall. everybody wants a waterfall <laughs> and and I, and I kid you not I go home that night you know get the kids down, pull the laptop, start playing around I draw a circle around the area I go on uh, and I type in keyword waterfall and hit click and the first piece of property that comes up is 25 acres on a, on a waterfall bordering a 300 mile hiking trail that's been for sale for a year. And like, I'm like what in the world is this? Um, I, and I look at it and and I'm like, Andy, we're going back. We're going back. Um, it was
2: a very add to cart moment. Like it was just (laughs) like, that's the one we, we We walked it, we saw the
0: falls, like obviously the property then versus the property now looks, looks quite different, but like, there's no cell cell phone coverage there. Like we left the property. As soon as we had cell phone, we called the agent and said, we'd like to make a full price offer. Um, like this is it. Um, So, then was the fun part in trying to convince uh, Gilmer County, which is where we're located, to permit us for something like this. So you bought, um, sorry, we, you bought the land before you... We got it, we got it under, contract.
1: under contract. We didn't close okay. on it. We okay.
0: actually ended up closing on the land before we were approved for our concept <laughs> just because the seller started getting backup offers and was like, yeah. I'm not giving you a longer due diligence. I'm going to pull this and sell it to someone else. So yeah. we decided to roll the dice a little bit. But after a while and, and, and numerous conversations with a, the with a local government, they kind of wrapped their heads around it. We became actually designated as a, <laughs> excuse me, legal campground. Okay. Um, and, and were permitted to build, um, I think the, the actual plans that we actually got through with the county were 10 domes, uh, four tree houses, and then some walk-in, walk-out camping.
2: Wow. So that's
0: kind of where this started. And I, Andy, I don't know if you remember when we changed from tree houses to domes at the start. I, I can't even remember exactly how that conversation went.
2: I think that was a budgetary uh, discussion, (laughs) actually. I think that's Um, where it came about. And we knew the infrastructure was going to be a huge deal to build out. We knew that we were doing something we had never done before. And so we figured setting up seven domes is going to be easier than building seven tree houses. So since it's our first run at it, we were just like, and domes ended up having their own list of conveniences. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> but, many problems. So many problems. But uh, we we decided it was a lower barrier to entry, really. Um, and we decided that it was hot right now. It was. It, it would. It would do what we wanted to do yeah, with it. Yeah. What, and it what, still what, gave us the ability to customize each one, sort of in its own little way, because that's that's something I wanted to do going in. Is yeah. uh, a lot of these places build seven of the same thing, ten of the same thing, and I get why they do it, but it's just not
1: fun. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is this is like such an incredible uh, start. I, I want to back up just a little bit though. So you guys are brothers. Had had you guys worked on any sort of like business venture? Together before or like was this the first we've, time? We've
0: got we've got a hand we've got a, a commercial property and two long-term rentals that Andy and our other brother we all kind of co-own and I manage. But that's pretty simple stuff as in like buy property, get tenant, flip one year, the commercial flips every five years. But like our our father was a pretty entrepreneurial guy. Um, we all kind of like it, it's so the side hustle concept. Like yeah. we continue trying to push to kind of get there and and get out of corporate America and find something to do. But we had never done anything like this together. Have never like really worked hand in hand. Obviously, Andy's in Raleigh. I'm in Atlanta. We're not next to each other, but um, we talk every day. But no, we kind of just sort of said, "Hey, I think." Andy, Andy's a graphic designer by trade. Okay. Um, I've got a background in finance, but have kind of learned a little bit about building through through my side project. So it kind of seemed like, hey, Andy can do the design side. Dave can try to figure out how to get it built with a little finance background as well. Maybe this is maybe this will work.
1: Maybe wow. we can do this. Wow. Very, very cool. It's it's not often that like, you know, brothers can go in on something together and like, be functional so it, it, it's it's cool to hear that at least well, so far right before we got started there
0: may have been a morning where there was lots of yelling and oh. we almost
2: split this thing before it started <laughs> there, there was a, there was what i would call a pivotal moment <laughs> it,
1: we could, laugh it could about have now. gone
2: either way there was uh, um yeah we we had a brother moment um <laughs> about i don't know maybe a year into it and uh, we laugh about it at this point It was over some pots and pans that started it on what we were choosing for the domes. And so uh, trivial now. It's so trivial now. It was just one of those things where there's a million decisions to make. And when you start off, you both want to make all the decisions together. Yeah. And at some point you have to realize it's a business and you got to divide and conquer.
0: Well, I I, I think I will fall on the sword hit a little bit here and say, like, I wanted to be involved in more decisions. (laughs) And now it's so funny. Like, I'm like, I don't care, Andy. You make the decision. (laughs) I'll get it done. Like, I have completely flip flopped. I'm like, you're on design. I'll make it functional. It's a great way for life to work. And I like decision fatigue is truly yeah. a real thing. And in trying to tackle something like this, I think I could just take on more than I could. and I, frankly, I couldn't. It was just too much for me to be involved. So it really worked well to kind of do some silos there. And of course, we'd work together and we always talk about it. But ultimately, I was like, Andy, you're on design. This is your call. If it works, it works.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, what what's so interesting about this is like I find that in in any sort of like business relationship, there's typically like, the more you know, creative, visionary person, and then the more like practical operations person, right? Obviously, that's it, it, people. People have uh, everyone's got a little bit of everything, right? But like generally speaking, that that's what pans out in in terms of any sort of like business, especially like a founder, yeah. right? Relationship. Wh- who who's sort of like the more like cheaper operations, like let's just get shit done, versus who's more the visionary, creative.
2: Yeah, I I'm think, but, definitely so, the visionary, yeah. creative, and yeah, Dave yeah. is definitely to... the get things done, and that <laughs> describes it perfectly. I would rather take a week and do it right. Dave would rather take 45 seconds, <laughs> zip tie it, and call it a day.
0: Uh, that's 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 fair. I mean, it's a little it's a little harsh to hear, but maybe it's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you need both. But you need honestly, both, honestly, yeah. because if it was just me, it would never get done, and yeah. if it was just him, it would have a lot of zip ties. So, like, happy, <laughs> and yeah. I use this. <laughs> yeah uh, i
0: know it's funny. a
2: happy medium to be made and i think that's why we've been working so well together
0: wow wow yeah, Amazing. like
2: I, I i know that like i mean
0: the 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 interiors of our domes are all you know completely different they all have their own identity um and and when i look at those like i'm just like i know there's no way that ever could have come out of my mind and when andy told me he was doing seven different ones my mind is just like like I, when we started i'm not kidding we had seven different towel covers for everything different <laughs> silverware different plates i mean like And all this stuff was just stored in my garage. Like, I have a (laughs) two-car garage that eventually no one could park in because there's boxes to the ceiling. And I get, like, an Amazon package that would say, you know, David Dome 1, David Dome 4. And, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how are we going to sort through this? How is this going to be operational? Like, we have a shipping container on site for backup. But just, like, I mean, a little bit of anxiety. I'm not going to lie. but like. After we get it all unpacked in there, like it works perfectly. People love it. Having different domes gives people a reason to come back and experience yeah. the property differently. Yeah. So from like a retention rate, it's it was a really really smart thing to do. Um, but to start with, you know, me wrapping my heads around seven different everything um, was was a lot.
1: It was A lot, yeah. So uh, just just for my own understanding, so structurally these domes are are all identical, but in their interior are all unique. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, slight, yeah,
0: slightly different location, obviously, on the property, like in relation to the waterfall and things like that. But like amenities are the same. Um, maybe a few small things, like some have fire pits and some have chimneys, but same floor plan, amenities just completely skinned differently and, and outfitted differently, if you will.
1: Amazing. Yeah. And I will oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All Andy. the walls are in the same spots.
2: All the light switches are in the same spots. All of that stuff we kept. They were designed to be in the same spots, Uh, mountain contractors, mountain contractors. There's an inch here, an inch there. But um, yeah, so that at least kept some consistency. It's just the decor uh, that changes different tile, different paint treatments, different
1: beds, which I think is brilliant. And I've had several people on the show who are doing really cool sort of like unique uh, stay concepts and one of the I think big tensions, um, not not even a tension, but but uh, a decision that I think a lot of people make that's poor is they do take the approach of just let oh, all let's make you know seven domes exactly the same and we'll just call them dome one two three and four. I noticed on your guys' website, you guys you know you do list out the number of the dome, but you also have a name for each dome, which I think is so sick. And like to your to your point, David, like talk about a retention play. Like what what incentive do people have to come back? Or hey, maybe they had such a great experience in that that one dome, but then it's, you know, it, it's booked the next time they want to come back, but they can go stay in in the sister dome, right? And you have a totally different experience. So, I think Andy, you know, right on the money there, especially in this like age where so much of like travel and so much of hospitality starts on Instagram. Right. Of like this, like craving for something, you know, unique and different and beautiful. So so props to you. I think that that uh, that that was the right decision.
2: Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely turned out correct. It's a little little bit of a pain in the maintenance. One dish breaks. You got to buy a whole new set of dishes for that one. You uh, can't split it out, kind of things like that. But I think it in the long run, yeah, I think it's the right
1: idea. So no full full agreement. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you are not in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. Alright, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review. Please. All right, guys. Back to the show. I want to hear a little bit about like how you guys even, you know, decided to to kind of like do this. Like what you could have you could have just done tree houses. It sounds like domes were like the the cheaper option, but but still, like had you had either of you stayed in a dome before? Like were you worried about like how weatherproof they might be. Like, how how did you sort of weigh the pros and cons of the actual structure you ended up choosing to build?
0: I I think, Andy, we started, like, really following Tennessee glamping a lot when they kind of got rolling. Correct. Um, And Andy actually went and stayed there. I mean, those guys kind of, like, for southeastern domes, like, really doing well, like, on Instagram, and and, and they have a beautiful view on their domes. Like, they were kind of one of the first, really, to get it done. And obviously now Bolt is in the southeast as well. Um, But we liked what they did. You know, we, uh, Tennessee Glamping actually had an off-grid episode on like HGTV or one of those offshoot networks. So we got to kind of watch it and see how it was done. And, you know, you learn that it's a kit. So it's, 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 you know, you you saw, we saw a bunch of guys doing 30 minutes on TV. They made it look so easy, you know, (laughs) yeah, maybe that's something that we can do. Um, But I I guess that was just like, and so Andy went and stayed there and like, of course, you know, I I wasn't able to come. So just like peppering him with questions, you know, about like functionality, you know, how exactly do you affix the dome to the deck to fully waterproof it and trim it out? Mm. You know, there's just, it, it seems like it's a pretty simple structure, but, you know, if we would do it again, would we make changes? Oh, heck yeah. We would have asked some different questions and things like that. Um, Like a funny story is the doors that came on our dome were these big commercial glass storefront doors and these (laughs) domes came from China. They're all keyed exactly the same and they were very strained locks in that if you wanted to lock the door on the inside of the dome, you needed to use the key. Mm. There's no little flip (laughs) knob, um, which I'm pretty sure is probably a safety hazard. So we're like, yeah, we just love, you know, we'll flip these out. We'll put some keypads in them. Well, in these commercial doors, you can't do that. You have to have these magnetic locks and these push to exit things. And, you know, we got these insane quotes to do all this stuff. So eventually... We took the doors out, we threw the doors in the trash and we went and bought new doors and <laughs> put them in. Um so these like nice fancy glass doors, which were probably a lot of the cost for the domes, <laughs> end up going in the dumpster just because they weren't oh, functional. And like no. it's just one of those things we forgot to hey, like tell me about the doors on these domes we're about to buy. Yeah. Um so just you know, one of those weird things because there's just different manufacturers and that's how they do it.
1: Wow. Yeah. Would you add uh, anything to that, Andy? yeah so
2: i did stay in a couple before uh we decided to go dome i stayed at tennessee glamping uh awesome spot love that uh one of the things i found out there though is proximity to like restaurants and anything mm. you would want to go do or anything and that that was lacking there i don't yeah. mean to knock on there to knock on any other business by any means but it like the closest food was thirty minutes away and it was like gas station pizza. Yeah. So yeah. we wanted to that sort of gave us the one up, I think, in Blue Ridge that we were twenty minutes away from like top notch restaurants, your Walmart, your yeah. pizza delivery, your whatever you wanted. Like <clears throat> wineries, breweries, all that stuff yeah yeah um a bazillion hiking trails which i guess also exist in tennessee um so i stayed there and it was awesome and then i went over and stayed in um glamping unplugged i which forgot is, you did that uh, more rustic version of the domes that has uh it's a porta potty situation okay. no hvac you have um, a wood-burning stove inside your dome Which I loved, but it's it was very much more camping than glamping after I got done with it. Like you got to get up and because we went in the wintertime, you got to get up in the middle of the night and put some fire and put some logs in the stove. If you want to stay warm, you got to You got to do some work in there and you got to sort of know what you're doing. And so we definitely decided that wasn't the way we wanted to go. That pushed us more towards the higher end of things. Um, not quite bidet high end at that point but the higher end um, <laughs> well we do um, have bidets in we, all the we got now. to
1: the bidet high
2: end later oh, uh,
1: <laughs> there's there are actual bidets in each dome?
0: we bought yes. the nicest toilet seats we could pretty much buy for every dome you,
2: you have a, a heated toilet seat that lights up that squirts you with warm water and fans you off when you're done
1: oh my gosh what the and heck they're,
2: they're amazing but that's just sort of that, that's where it grew to after I was like okay we're not doing this rustic thing and it's sort of showed with the customers that we have because a lot of them are experiencing the outdoors sort of for the first time with glamping because they always said they weren't wouldn't really go camping because it wasn't their thing and if we did something like glamping unplugged there's definitely a place for that but that's not what our clientele
1: happens to be yeah yeah wow okay so when do you guys said you've been live for just like five months now is that correct
0: yeah, yeah we, we launched on May 22nd on May of 22nd. Uh, 23.
1: Okay, amazing. And did you guys document the build and everything along the way? Or like, it's like again, today you have close to 100,000 followers on Instagram. Are all those from folks that followed your journey? Or is this, hey, we just started posting on Instagram once we went live? Like, talk to us about Instagram. Yeah. Andy, I want you run with 3, that. Three yeah. thousand followers when we launched. Three thousand followers when you launched. Okay.
2: Yeah, we didn't do. I didn't do this. Instagram is supposed to be my job as the designer, and I think I maybe could have done a better job, but I had a hard time catching. Sort of uh, when you have only a couple hundred followers, it's yeah. hard to get the ball rolling. Yeah. So. Uh, it was a really slow and mildly steady uh, jump until Dave decided one day, I'm finding us influencers. <laughs> and he made it his own personal mission to get the influencers out there and find the right ones. And boy, did he. Um, that's really what jumped us. And Dave, you can talk about your influencers because uh, he really the, gets all credit for that.
0: The, the The first one's really funny. So it's uh, a young lady name's Crystal. Her Instagram is ATL Hotspot. Um, and she just does like lots of restaurants, a little bit of travel, but more on that side. And like, I think I was literally like at the bank and someone's like, I don't know. We're talking about domes. Cause in that point of my life, that's all I ever talk about. Um, and she's like, Oh, you got to check this girl out. She went and saved this dome. And it it was, it was actually not a dome, but long story short, I call her, I get on the phone. She's like, I'd love to come. Um, and she's like, I'm trying to do more travel. So we just comped her a stay. Yeah. Um, and she went up and put together a, an amazing reel. Um, she, so we, we lost power while she was there. We have wells. So she lost water. We've <laughs> since put in generators. So you don't lose water anymore. Don't worry. Um, also she was in her hot tub at about 1130 at night. And she goes to go back in her dome and the lock failed. So it's a Saturday night, at 1130. She can't even get back in her dome. <clears throat> I'm in Charleston with my wife on vacation, like finishing up a nice dinner and, I'm like, Lee, you gotta drive home. I'm starting to call emergency locksmiths for the next two hours. I think we got her back in the dome by about 1:30 in the morning. So it was a bit of a rocky experience. I'm like, man, what a failure for our first like true try to work with an influencer. But she puts her reel out there, she puts it on TikTok and Instagram. Um, and like I think she posted it at like, you know, maybe four or five o'clock one day. And I'm sitting down the next day, and our phone just starts ringing and Jeez. ringing. Because th- at this point, I still had my personal cell phone, like on the Instagram and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I got I got the phone call that I that I've never thought I was going to get. I was like, "Hey, man, TikTok made me do it. How do I stay there?" Um, so they're legitimately like, "I saw domes on TikTok. How, how does how does one become a person at these domes?" Wow. Um. But but like it just like from that day, it pretty much went nuts. I think her reel got. It's just shy of 2 million views now. Um, So we really started kind of working with trying to find like, you know, our major cities around us from like Atlanta to Chattanooga to Nashville to Greenville, South Carolina. um, And then just people with outdoorsy stuff. And we probably have between one to two influencers coming out every single month. Yeah. um, Doing things. Um, I mean, obviously, one of our, our biggest one that we did was with a young lady by the name of Hope Mom out of Chattanooga. Hers is just under 8 million views on Instagram now, Jeez. which obviously really put us on the map. Yeah. Like some of these, like they just, some of these, they, they just do such an amazing job kind of portraying something and it's just not our area. They just, it, it's, I'm, I'm fathomed by it. I love it. Obviously we're, we're super, super thankful for partnering with these great people and working with them. Um, and we continue to kind of plan to do this and continue to have them out. Like Uh, We have, we'll have another one coming out soon. It's a, I don't even know how I found this. There's a young lady, her name is Gigi uh, and she is affectionately known as the salmon queen. Like I think she was on beat Bobby Flay, but she was just (laughs) out cooking a bunch of salmon on the blacktop and the induction. We should have a reel coming out soon about Gigi eating salmon at the domes. But like, you know, I kind of just said, Hey, I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks and, and, and some of it stuck. And we were really starting to able to, to
1: grow a following. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Andy. Do you want to add anything to, to that? Uh, it's
2: it just amazing. Some are some reels hit it off, some reels don't. Yeah. Um, we've sort of tried to figure out what makes them better than others and give our influencers a little bit of uh, instruction on what we're looking for now. But yeah, we just... <clears throat> Just like Dave said, threw it against the wall and saw what stuck, and and I don't know what it is about hopes, but it really did stick. Wow! wow. It's it's it's
0: still it's still going. Like we still get a couple hundred thousand views on it every week. Like it's crazy.
2: Wow! Yeah, uh, yeah it is crazy. Um, what were the the twins? That's the Cavender twins. They reached out to stay as well. I don't know if you know who they are. No. Um, college basketball twins. Okay. In, in Miami, they have a pretty huge. Uh, they're a couple million following. And they even reached out to try to stay. We haven't gotten to be able to book them yet, but um, it's fun to see celebs that I actually know of as well now yeah. just reach out to us. We had a WNBA player reach out to us, wow. which was fun. Uh, we're very booked up. So it's hard now at this point, we have to plan so far ahead because those yeah. people sort of are like, Hey, can I stay next weekend? And we're like, I I wish you could, but we
1: can't yeah. right now. Wow. Okay. Um, Th- so I mean, yeah, it's, it's awesome this is really awesome especially uh, uh, again i think why this is really interesting right is a lot of folks did the whole like got into the whole unique stay thing a few years ago and obviously when everyone was remote and you know that people had money that was flowing around like it was a lot easier to go travel and stay places and go remote and and whatnot and a lot of these like really like boutique kind of hospitality experiences emerged right as a result it's it's really interesting because you guys you've you started you, you went live with your business I should say right uh, in in 2023 just a few months ago when a lot of folks in the industry are, are kind of hurting and, and struggling right now like they're they're seeing sort of decline in occupancy or they're having to reduce rates etc. But you guys seem to have had a lot of a lot of success right especially so so early and it sounds like these Instagram reels and these influencers were a big part of that. But what can you tell us about like how the business is doing like how is it performing and how is it performing with respect to kind of like what your expectations were going in
0: um i'll kind of jump with that one so i i have a degree in finance i i worked in you know for a corporate bank for 15 years and feel pretty good about at least trying to put together somewhat of a you know decent business plan that, that i can say hey listen andy we're, we're not going to lose money here i think we, we I and mean, we can do something really cool so um we kind of, you know, looked at occupancies for you know potential comps and saw that those occupancies were still pretty high. Now, obviously, they've kind of teased down some, but so we 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 plan to be busy when we built this thing out, um, and we also plan to grow this thing, you know, kind of down the road. So, um, as you as I mentioned earlier, we're kind of permanent to do some other things down the road, and so this is going to help kind of help us expand. But um, from an from an occupancy rate, um, I mean, we're essentially fully booked at all at all at all times now. Wow. Um, we're pretty much booking out like for the month of October, we were fully booked except for one day, maybe 60 days in advance. We've got a pretty decent wait list running now. Um we opened our calendar for all of 2024, probably a little bit late in relation to the competition. Hmm. Um, but it kind of worked out well because it kind of forced some guests to try to go ahead and get in now. So we didn't have as many, you know, small gaps and things like that. Um, but the business is fine. The business is cash flow and good. Um, obviously we, we were two guys that built this and never did it before. So we made a ton of mistakes along the way. Uh, If you've ever heard the phrase twice as long and twice as expensive, I think that (laughs) nails us to the T. Um, so, I mean, we did so many things twice just from like, yep, this thing makes sense. And then you did it and said, no, that did not make sense. We've got to rip it up and we've got to do it again. Because, you know, obviously, I mean, this is, this, this is now our business. This is, I, I don't work in corporate America anymore. This is what I do for a living. Um, so it, it needed to be done right before we opened to the public, and and some of those pills were hard to swallow when we were building on on taking some of those huge lumps. So, yeah. you know, I don't think our our profitability is where I wanted it to be, just kind of based on the the build being so much more. Yeah. Um. But but it's still it, it's it's still it's still pencils. We're still in good shape. Um. And we we still kind of plan to expand this thing, and and we can maybe chat about that at some point too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Andy, anything you want to add? I do believe we just put in backup power and we trenched the same trench for the fourth time to put in that backup power. Um, So that's sort of like those are the growing pains you get when you don't know what you're doing um, and are learning along the way. So we're like the amount of knowledge we gained in this two year build is insane. And if we did it again, we could. Like Dave said, do it for much less because we wouldn't be digging the same hole four times. Yeah, Uh, we had a saying: uh, we always get it right the second time, and we 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 it's a joke, but we kind of live by it now. And we're hoping that when we expand, that we will
1: be more getting things right the first time. God, please, it would make me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's that's a that's a really really good one. So the the actual location. So it's like on a waterfall. Like talk to us a little bit about like what that meant for for the actual build. I imagine one of the reasons it was expensive was you were building in a, you know, relatively, like, complicated environment.
0: <laughs> yeah, to say the least. So uh, we actually have, so we have some topography, you know, issues and problems there. Um, the biggest thing is, so so we we border a waterfall. The other side of the waterfall is the Chattahoochee National Forest, which has the Benton Mackay hiking trail through it, which is about a 300-mile trail. Uh, and the waterfall is called Fall Branch Falls. Um hmm. So the, the the first thing is when we're coming, looking at this, I'm like, okay, we're building domes. We have to have, you know, there was no utilities on our land, no power, no water, no septic. Just, I mean, a road that cuts through it and a bunch of, bunch of trees and a really steep hill. Um, so the first thing was, can we do a septic system here? And if you're commercial in, in our county, there's, I think, six guys you can talk to that are allowed to do this. The mm. first two told me it can't be done. Mm. Um, the third one said, I can do it. It's going to take a long time. It's going to be really expensive, and you're not going to like it. Um, I'm like, wait a minute, John, you just said yes. Yeah. So, actually, we hired John. It took John about 14 months to do a septic system for this because everything has to be at least 50 feet off the water because it's a trout stream, and that's an EPA thing. Um, and then the way our topography works is all of our septics feed into one another, and then we have to pump everything up the mountain to the other side to a drain field roughly about 400 feet away from the dumps um, because you can't have a drain field on the water. So it was a, it was a very complicated system to design, uh, and to install. And of course in our, you know, we did everything right. The second time we started building these decks and our placements before we even put in the septic, which makes it really hard on a steep hill to get equipment down there to then later dig holes to put in big giant tanks. <laughs> um, so when we did some excavating, we then had to do some more excavating to make some pads, to bring them down there, to move it back. And, you know, just it's one of those things we felt confident we could figure it out. And we did. Um, looking back, maybe a little overconfident if we're going <laughs> to be fair about ourselves. Um so uh, again, it was, it was just one of those things. And like uh, one of the funny stories we ran into during building was, you know, we were building this during COVID and if you remember lumber prices went through the roof Yeah. and a few of our, a few of our decks have 30 and 35 foot, um, poles on the front that are holding them up because, because we're on a big hill and we went to get those ordered and there was something around like $1,500 a pole when it was a 12 week lead time. Um, and at this point we're like, we're building this thing in a year. We can't wait. And gosh, that that's like, so out of budget, what do we do? And I had a friend of mine that works for a lumber company. He said, Dave, you know, you're up in North Georgia. There there should be a lot of power utilities up there. And I said, yeah, there are. He goes, do you know what power utilities have? And I said, no. He goes, they have telephone poles. Those (laughs) things are made to be in ground forever. As long as they're big enough, talk to your engineer, they might work. We talked to our engineer who designed the decks. He's like, as long as they're eight inches around, you guys are perfectly fine. These are done. So we called the power utility. And within two days, we had like 30 of these things on site. And they were like a tenth of
1: the cost. Oh my gosh! Amazing, um, amazing! Yeah. I love that and, story. And, and,
0: and they and they look like trees too, so they yeah. blend in really well because they're circular. I mean, if, if we would have even known this, we would have done telephone poles everywhere because you know, they really, <laughs> like, it really, truly does make the the decks blend in better. So, um, just one of those like weird things. Like it's time to figure it out, guys. Let's make some phone calls until we get an acceptable solution and, and keep pushing this thing forward. Wow! Yeah.
2: Oh, and then there's power.
1: And then there's power.
2: So our road, we did not know, did not have a utilities easement on it. Um, Our road, there are three properties or two properties before uh, our site uh, on the road. And there's one up above. There's a man that lives in the woods up top. And so we knew we had and the driveway goes like five feet to the left of our property line. It just barely cuts through these other properties. And this is a road that's been there for 50 years or something. Um, And so when we get to the point of running electrical, we realize that this easement doesn't exist. And we're obviously well into this project at that point. And so we go to the neighbors to get them to sign a little paper that says we can run an underground electrical line up this driveway. One neighbor says yes. The other neighbor says yes. Third neighbor's like, nope. (laughs) And we're like, what? And this is the neighbor that has a rental property there. He doesn't even live there. It's his rental property. So he is also sort of in this group. And we tried and tried and tried and just got just got nose out of this guy. So in the end, we had to build another road just to put power up. Oh
0: my gosh. Oh my yep. gosh. Which we, which we probably got right the third time on that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the road took a couple of times to get right because the <laughs> it's a very steep grade. We're on a mountain and uh, to get a road, put a road through a random mountain area that doesn't never exceeds 20 degrees is not the easiest thing.
1: Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site, and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. So at what point in time, like, are you guys both still working like your full-time jobs and and making yeah. this happen during all this time? Yeah. Yeah, I left, I left
0: corporate America in February of 23, a few months before we opened, but yeah, so I was in, I was in sales for for the lender. So again, kind of guy that works on the road kind of situation and maybe had one foot out the door. Um, so, um, it gave me some flexibility, but yeah, we were, we were both still working and, and doing all this Jeez. at the same time. And, and of course, you know, we, we had contractors and guys we're talking to, but obviously very intimately involved in just trying to figure out this incredibly complicated puzzle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so David, you have a, a background in, in finance, as you've said, but had you ever done a, a project? Uh, I, I assume the answer is you haven't done something at the, at the scale, but like, I guess my, my, my question is how do you even figure out how to like budget for something like this? Like, you, again, you just start, you start line item by line, line, item by line you,
0: you, you build it and then you pick it apart and then you build it again and pick it apart and
1: try to figure out revenue. Like I mean, where you, it's, it's
0: a pro. But were you like it's googling? Trip, yeah. Were you
1: googling like oh, how much does a ro- yeah. how much does like a road on the side of a mountain cost? Like, yeah, like how and, do you and even, and,
0: squ- and square foot to build decks and yeah. stairs and railings and you know again I I, I <laughs> uh, at this point we started like pretty much had built two homes that yeah. we use as short term rentals and yeah. I did it in the area so you know I made some contacts for some subcontractors and was able to ask those GCs some questions and yeah. um, use different builders for this home. so one more rustic one more kind of a large company and and kind of learned a lot that way um i'm I'm a bit of a talker so i ask a lot of questions and if i don't understand i will ask you again and again and again (laughs) um probably the moral of the story is i should have asked a few more times because i probably didn't really get it still but um i mean again we just continued to build it and tweak it and build it i mean and even today like i still have run rates and spreadsheets and you look back and it's and it's actually somewhat close i mean other than the build budget we got everything else pretty close. Like as far as, you know, revenue run rates and cash flow, and things like that, we, we got that really close. Yeah. Um, just completely screwed the build budget based on
1: our knowledge and COVID and timing and, and things and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, like what a, what a puzzle, right? Like what, what, what a freaking puzzle. Um, so I, I want to ask a couple questions around marketing strategy. So obviously you guys had these influencers come out, which was big, um do you guys like what what percentage i noticed that you have a direct booking site um what percentage of your of your bookings are coming through the website versus through like airbnb or, or other otas that you might be on
0: we don't do a ton i mean we are, we're on airbnb and Verbo and our direct booking we don't do a ton through airbnb we're almost essentially a direct booking company
1: wow Wow, that is yeah. also insanely impressive for being around for just a few months. And what is that just a testament to Instagram, pretty much, or what?
0: Yeah, I I really think so. I mean, just <clears throat> I, I I I joke to Andy. One of our little mottos was surprise and delight, and I was like, if we can continue to surprise and delight our customers, I think we'll do well. And I I said it so many times, and like when we're trying to pick finishes and things, Andy's like, that is definitely a surprise and delight idea. And I think it's 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 just really sticks true that like if you can continue. To kind of you know take that motto and show it to people, and someone go, "Oh man, that's pretty cool." Didn't see that coming, you know, something like that. That it's it's just a it's a business model that's worked for us, and we just continue to push on it. And it's and and so far so good.
1: Wow, wow, amazing! This is this is this is absolutely fantastic. Have folks? Um, what what have folks said about about the domes? Like, is there like a favorite dome? Uh and and or is like wh- what what kind of people I guess are are, are coming to the domes? You want to do that, Andy? Uh, as far as a favorite dome,
2: um, I, I, I people haven't stayed in multiples, so I don't think that we can get a favorite dome out of people. It is a question I like to ask anybody that's seen all of the domes, is yeah. which one is your favorite, and I don't have a consistent answer at okay. all. Okay. Everybody sort of prefers something different. Um, and as far as our demographics, uh, it's all over the board, honestly. Yeah. Like, we have families, we have... All- olds we have like just sister groups that are coming we have a swinger party that has booked out a bunch of the domes for next year like there's there's no specific demographic (laughs) that is like coming to us it's everyone and it blew my mind because we thought we were going to be like atlanta housewives with like one and a half kids or whatever going up there like but we were completely wrong about that it's just a lot of it is people that just want to get out in the woods, but don't want to go camping. Yeah. They're like, I'm not sleeping on the floor. I'm not sleeping without AC. And I get it. Like I'm in my forties. Like, I don't want to do that anymore either. i yeah. love to do that in the past, but uh, it's just people that just want to experience the outdoors in a different way. And that just crosses all age groups and all ethnicities. Yeah. Yeah. It really,
0: it really, really does. And especially sitting on a deck, with listening to a waterfall at night and we did some pretty extensive night lighting work we actually lit up the canopy of the trees there's about 120 tiny lights in the trees wow and another great andy idea is we're like putting all the furniture together you know during the day it's it's a public waterfall so that people can hike there and see it and sometimes a little commotion but at night everyone leaves because the trail closes and it's yours but then it's dark and you yeah. can't see the waterfall yeah and he's like i want to see the waterfall at night yeah and i'm like you can't light up a waterfall. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, I don't have a good answer. So damn it, we lit up the waterfall. So the waterfall (laughs) lights up at night now.
2: Oh my gosh. It's a completely different experience. I was staying there in February and March, finishing (laughs) up painting and doing interior stuff. And uh, I had a young baby, a little three-month-old with me. And when it became nighttime, it's like, if you're not used to the woods and all the lights go out, it's kind of creepy out yeah, there, but yeah. you can't like see past your deck and everything. And when we found these lighting guys and they came in and I just wanted to light up the waterfall, but they had this other idea of lighting up the whole canopy. And we ended up doing a trade with them. They did a whole company retreat and they took all seven domes for a weekend and gave us a little discount on the lights because wow. we were at the end at this point. And we- oh, God,
0: it was so weird at this point. I'm like, how can we even afford this? We're not even open yet. And it's pretty big <laughs> expenditure to do
2: something like this. Yeah. I, 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 would, I oh, can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Wow. But honestly, like it's a it's a game changer with the really way is. the site feels at night. It's just it went from being like a little bit creepy because you're in the middle of the woods kind of alone to being this like luxurious wood stay like it's it's just amazing. Wow. Um,
1: wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys, I mean, you guys really, you guys really went all out. Like this is, this is like, this isn't just, it, it's its almost like a capital G glamping experience. Right? Uh, yes. Well, I, I,
0: again, like we're just two humans and like, if we can make it better, we're, I don't even care if it financially makes sense at this point, we're still going to do it. Like Andy and I, like the other day, he was like, Hey, someone asked about having towel warmers in the back of the domes. They said it would set it off. I'm like, well, let's get a towel warmer and put it in one and see how it works. And we'll try this out to see if people like towel warmers. Like, of course, like, us putting towel warmers in a dome doesn't make us any money, yeah. but is it neat? Does it make it better? Yeah, maybe it does. So yeah, maybe we should do that. So like we frankly cannot help ourselves.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. We, we,
0: we just continue to say, what more can we do? What little things can we do? Like I added some additional firewood racks to all the decks. So when you lug your firewood, you're not just like throwing it on the deck, We like, yeah. put a bunch of racks, like like just continual little things to make everything more seamless, to make it easier, just to make it just a really kind of magical very easy stay for everyone to not have to overthink it and just to show up and it be intuitive and it work wow
1: wow this is amazing so so tell me about as we as we prepare to close here like what's next so you guys got you've got seven domes up and running you are permitted for for more like what what are we thinking are we like holding off for another year or so to kind of see how things go are we moving full we
0: we i'm not surprisingly we are pressing ahead we have hired (laughs) an architect um and we are gonna be going into the world of tree houses wow um, amazing so our, our property school, cool it's got a pretty good ridge in between our, our <clears throat> two two bodies of water um which has got a view up there um so we're in the very early stages of that getting like updated surveys and and kind of just you know making a pinterest board and, and ideas but i think the way andy and i are going to work this is like of course he's created, but nothing is off limits i keep saying i want to put a huge airplane in a tree
2: <laughs> we're um, gonna do it amazing, I mean, that amazing. Is the idea from the start we've always wanted to do it we're gonna put an airplane in a tree and make it into a stay a two-bedroom airplane <laughs> yeah amazing amazing yeah, wow we have to do it um <laughs> so, but, yeah, back to the back to the OG idea, we always wanted to build these tree houses. And now we have proved the concept with the domes. And we have a lot of people asking for higher occupancy because the domes sleep two adults, two kids each. Yeah. So we figured, do some tree houses, get some two bedrooms up there. And sort of the idea is to build out. Not make them separate pieces of the property, combine them with a trail. And so, like, the dome stayers can go up and see the fun stuff at the treehouse. And we want so the domes have the waterfall. Yeah. We're thinking, what do the tree houses get? Yeah. Did they get a pool? Do mm-hmm. they get a uh, like, a pool with a view? Uh, do they get a movie theater that just mm. pops on at night at 7 o'clock and we sort of pick the movies out for them? Um, we have a bunch of ideas running through our heads of what the community thing there is. But then the trail hopefully will light up at night as well and you'll have sort of a electric forest scenario where you can take a night hike up, to the, up or down to the other part of the property. You never have to leave the property if you only want to do like a little hike. Do some art installations along the way. Wow. Uh, this is where... I get to get extra creative because i'm not stuck in a circle dome i have now have the whole property to work with so it really opens up a lot of opportunities
1: wow wow this is this is amazing guys this is 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 truly truly unique i i also love this this idea of sort of having these um these multiple different kinds of units but also like what that does too is it allows like families to like vacation together right or or like you did this swap with the electric company that you were working with for lighting up the waterfall, but like corporate retreats, right? Like the idea of like a small, a small, you know, startup being like, Hey, how can we bring like, you know, 10 of our team to something that's like, not just like a, like lame, like hotel, right? Yeah. Like, and, and this yeah. is, this is like, like, this is the future, but give people like their own like little privacy, but you're also still like together. And, um, I think it, you guys are, uh, you guys are planning in exactly the right direction.
2: Yeah, we really try to push the community aspect of it, even though right now we don't have a lot of big groups coming because things book up so fast. It's hard to get like all seven domes or anything. But we have the tree weave right now, which is a big community piece, which uh, we found these guys. uh, I guess one of them came out of Austin. This is an Asheville company or something and just weaved this giant net in two stories in between trees and everybody goes down in it we put like 100 pillows in it so that's like the community hangout spot because we figure that everybody that glamps uh sort of is the same mindset they're out there to be in the woods but they want to be fancy yeah they're sort of in the same sort of uh vibe going on so hopefully that there's some community aspect going on we have the two community fire pits that don't seem to get often used but uh they're definitely fun to explore and just sort of a way to stay on the property and have some fun things to find.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, guys, this is um this has been an incredible conversation. I really appreciate you both making time for this. It doesn't sound like you have a lot of time on your hands these days. So uh, thanks for carving out uh, uh, 45 minutes to spend with us. For folks that want to stay at GLAMP Blue Ridge and or just kind of like follow y'all's journey as you continue to build, we'll have links to your website and to Instagram in the show notes below. But anywhere else you'd want folks to reach out if they're interested in like learning more. And I guess actually another question is like, are you guys open to any like investment? Like, we've got folks that listen to this show um, who like to invest in kind of like alternative, <laughs> unique experiences. So, if that's something you guys are at all open to, um, you know, tell, tell folks where they might reach you.
0: We are of the mindset that we have a conversation with anybody that wants to talk. You emailed us, we were happy to chat. We can learn from everybody. Who knows where the conversation is going to go, but <clears throat> we answer all channels. You can email us just at info at glantblueridge.com. You can go to our website. There's a contact us tab. It's glantblueridge.com. You can send us a note that way. You can DM us on Instagram. Uh, you can find our, our Google voice number just on a quick Google search. Uh, your medium of choice. You will hear back from us. We are uh, overly uh, attentive.
2: We're so attentive. You might get two messages back because we might be messaging you back at the same time. <laughs> it happens. <laughs>
1: oh amazing amazing well david andy thank you both so much for your time keep keep on keeping on and appreciate you guys uh uh spending a little bit of time chatting and sharing your story with us yeah we enjoyed it thanks so much Thanks for joining us for this episode of Behind the Stays. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, Or find me on X, formerly Twitter, at zboozy that's Z-B-O-O-Z-E-E, or on LinkedIn, at ZachBoozieCruz. If this is your first time tuning in, it's a pleasure to have you and we hope to have you back again soon. If you've been a listener for a while though, I'd greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and then leave us a rating and review of the show wherever you are currently streaming this podcast. Last but certainly not least, spontaneous and Behind the Stays are totally bootstrapped and my ability to bring you these stories is only possible because of our incredible advertising partners. We're very much a startup show, and while our growth rate is amazing, thanks to all you who keep tuning in and sharing our show with your friends and family, we haven't quote unquote made it yet. So if you could do me a huge favor and go and check out the sponsor for today's episode in the show notes below, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if their offering doesn't make sense for you right now, sending them a quick message on social or an email, just saying that you're listening to the show and you appreciate their support would be incredibly amazing. All right, friends, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on the next episode of Behind the Stays.